Christmas is where real love stuff, it begins there. That's where it starts at. And the very reason why Jesus came into the world was not just to be born, but he was born to go to the cross. He was born to die on that cross, not just to go to the cross, not just to speak of the cross, but to go to that cross and die on that cross. Why? Because since the early, the plan was early on, after Adam and Eve blew it, after humanity crept in, the flesh took over, the carnality of mankind took control of them, and sin was birthed. Let me tell you something right now. From that moment, God had a plan. says, I'll get them back. I'll, I'll bring them back. I'm not going to leave them dry like that. I'm going I'm to make a way. I'm going to make a plan. You see, it's always, been his, it's always been in the plan of God. You know that scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, the one says that, you know, if, for those, you know, if, if there's purpose. He says, you know what? Everything that happens, there's a purpose. Everything. doesn't matter what's going on. There's a purpose. Well, I'll tell you something right now. Even though all that went on, there was a purpose. And we know that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came to this earth in a very humble way, in a manger, in a, in a little cradle, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a manger or a stable, if you will. And he came humble. And he died very humble as well. But one day he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's coming back in all glory. He's coming back in all glory. Oh, I can't wait for that day. Listen, I want you to know, the other day we were out here at the tree stand and we were just there by the fire and we heard these horns. Da-da-da. Me and some of the brothers looked at each other. We're still here? I go, my God, I thought I'd be out of here. I'm the pastor. And he says, well, I thought I'd be out of here. I had a good prayer this morning. And you know what it was? It was the Kirtland Air Force Base. They do their horns every single day. We didn't know. We hadn't heard those before. All of a sudden, da 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 And then before you did, da 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 Okay, we're good, we're good. So that happened a couple of days ago. And there was a bunch of people there too, like shop people shopping for trees. And I go, oh, the trump of the Lord. And people, it's coming back one day. You know, I got this little vision the other day because we're going to be having a 35-year banquet this coming year. That's yeah, going to be exciting. Let me just say this. When we, when we put tickets on sale, you ought to get them right away. Because we're not having it, we're having it at this facility. There's only going to be so many tables are available in this place. I'm, I'm, I'm asking Papa next, next in a couple of weeks if he'll come. I'm hoping he will. Um, when I say Papa, I mean Past Sonny. Amen. But you better make sure you get, when, when, when they go on sale, right after a couple of weeks into January, you better get them right away. I'm just saying right now. Get them quick because they're going to go fast and it's going to it's going to sell out like that. Amen. So make sure you don't 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 stay on the back burner. Make sure you get right away. But I want you to know that um, a lot of times, a lot we, you know, I worked at Celebrate 35 years, right? And sometimes we wait, we wait to do things, and and this is not the time to wait. In fact, now is the time to move. Now is the time to get moving, to get going. You know, we're closing out a year of 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 the word elevate was given to us last year. We're closing out this whole year, and, and we believe with all of our hearts. We believe that God's told us, elevate every area of your life. And so we've been ministering the last few weeks, Wednesday, every Sunday. We've been talking about, we've been trying to close out this year with the series and the theme of elevate. So getting back to Christmas, let's, 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 I say let's elevate our desire. Let's elevate our hunger to share Christmas with people. To share the love of God with people. That's what it is. Because that's where true love starts. 
as we enjoy Christmas this year, and, and, and it means a lot of things to a lot of people. I mean, so, to some of you here, it, uh, it doesn't mean that much. Like some people, I was telling the people at the tree stand, I said, listen, guys, just because people haven't come in to buy a tree, it does not mean they're going to. Some people don't like to trim their tree till the last night. They actually wait till family to get together so they can trim their trees and put everybody puts their own things on there on the night of Christmas. Some do it uh, the, the Friday before. I, I just, it's, so don't, don't, everybody has different cultures and traditions of doing things during Christmas. And Christmas means a lot to everybody. I know we have one thing in common, that is that Jesus Christ came and was born in a manger. But, 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 you know, it's a time of shopping and spending. Man, this spending is crazy. I don't know if you've been in any malls lately, but my goodness gracious, man. I, I, now, they used to have Black Friday, and now it's like Black Thursday, right? So I asked the lady at Walmart, I go, so are you going to work tomorrow on Friday? She goes, are you kidding? She goes, it starts tonight. And I go, what? She goes, oh, yeah, tonight we start. And I got 5 o'clock, I go, you got a beer for that? She goes, this is going to be crazy. They have boxes, I guess, like covered up and say, do not open till 5 p.m. And people go crazy. Some of you. And you're smart if you get a TV for $239 instead of $739. That's pretty good. But people, you know, shopping and spending and, you know, spending time with family and loved ones and cooking traditional meals. And, you know, everybody has traditional meals. Everybody has different types of meals. Even for Thanksgiving, things are different. But it's a time of traveling. I guess they're going to break a record since 2003. They're estimating 115 million people will be on the roads and traveling and trains and planes and automobiles and all that kind of stuff, they said. Last night in the news, I'm like, wow, 115 million people trying to get someplace. So, you know, Christmas is important to people. But, you know, when, I talk about the, when we talk about the real meaning of Christmas, how do you explain Christmas to somebody that doesn't understand what it is in just a few words? Well, you should have the scripture memorized. If not, I mean, at least you know the scripture, the scripture number, the chapter and the verse, and that's John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. I mean, that's the easiest way to to to, to explain to people what Christmas is all about. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It was the gift given to us that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever would believe in Him would have everlasting life and not perish. For he, then the verse, next verse is, for he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Some people think Jesus came when, when, when the Spirit of God comes and it's to, it's to condemn. It's not to condemn, it's to convict. It's not to put down, it's to lift up. It's not to hate, it's to love. That's the simplest way to explain Christmas to people. And nobody could do what he did. No psychologist, no psychiatrist. No counselor, no mentor could do what Jesus did. No one could give you the greatest gift of all, and the greatest gift of all is eternity with him. So Christmas is, means a lot to a lot of people, but it is pretty simple. Jesus is the reason for the season. I said Jesus is the reason for the season. That's what it should mean to everybody gathered here today. Now, to me, to me personally, I, it's 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 a it's Christmas is memories for me. It's memories of my nana and my tata. It's memories of my father. It's mem- mem- memories of being a kid and, and being with my cousins and you know after after opening presents they're going out to the street there on First Street right there and playing football and, and scraping your your knees and your shins and your cracking your ankles and then getting right back up and playing and playing football in the cold and 
And just being with the cousins when everything was pure and you had no bills. I just, I, I, I have memories of those things, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's about remembering, but it's, but it's, I also remember, it's a time for me to remember what Christ did for me. The second thing is it's a time of loving. It's a time of like loving each other. Seems like, I know that's crazy out there and the hustle and the bustle, and I know some people are, you know, getting mad and flipping each other off, and cussing people out. Get out of my way, and I'm trying to get shopping. I got to get that Target, and I got to get here. And I, and I know that's happening, but most of all, I think people are really nicer during Christmas. People are more loving. People are more, they seem to be more like getting a hold of their spirituality a little bit more. It's Christmas time. I better be good. My granddaughter says, man, I don't want to be on the naughty list. She told my mom, my, 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 she told my wife the other day, she said, she says, uh, she goes, are you good? She goes, no, no, I'm not getting on that naughty list. I think people in general don't want to be on the naughty list during Christmas. So I think it's time of loving each other, but it's also a time of loving family. God has a way of putting families together and during certain times to kind of heal and to do things. It's also a time of giving. You know, I, many of you here, you God, you stretched out. We're, we're asking you guys to see. We're a, we're a ministry that we we believe in giving. We're going to give to our community next week. We're going to give out to our community. I've been on the phone with APD. Please pray because APD had already done there, and I we, we were missing each other somehow. We got tied up with some spam and back and forth, and the person that could do it retired, and so so the new person got it to somebody else, and they sent me, and that email wasn't right, and went back and forth and back and forth. But I finally talked to the person who did it, and I happened to know this lieutenant. She she's she loves what we do. She she she's part of the downtown uh, community action task force, and. And she says, oh, pastor, it's you. You're the one. I go, yeah, I'm the one. I said, well, it's, we gotta, we're going to try to do something. So pray, pray for APD. They had already done a toy drive, but they're going to try to do another one. Because we don't just stretch you. We stretch APD too. <laughs> and I, I hammered them with emails. Come on, man, come on. So, you know, I, I, I text her and I said, did you get my email? She goes, I got your email. We're moving. So pray, because it's a time of giving. People give, you know, you see uh, on, on the news channels, giving coats, uh, coats giveaway, and everybody's giving something. And, and I think it's so important for us to give. But, but it's also, we are, it's a time of giving. We have to look at what God gave. He gave us his best. And then also, uh, lastly, that part is, it's a time of forgiving. It's a time to, it's a time to forgive. During Christmas time is a time of forgiveness where we can actually receive God's forgiveness. We can say, you know, I, I, I've kind of been running from God. I've been kind of feeling like, you know, God's mad at me. You know, I feel like God you know, hasn't done. And, and then you can come to God and say, you know, God, I, it's a time of forgiving. You, you realize, wait a minute, he came to die for me. I was believing a lie that God would not receive me back because of my foolishness. And see, that's when that forgiveness comes. But not just, not just with God, but with each other, with family members, with people around you and with friends and people that maybe you haven't talked to in a while. So Jesus is the gift that gives the best. Now, the Bible reads in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, and the New King James says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, a great joy which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's what it's about. It's about a Savior that came through a prophetic word that, that was prophecy fulfilled, that God would not leave us hanging, man. That he sent his only son. He thought it enough to sacrifice his own on behalf of you and I. 
So during Christmas, there's so many things we're preparing for. Let's prepare for him. Let's prepare for his love. We're preparing. I mean, fa- some of you are got your family gatherings, your parties. We got like, I don't know how many parties this week. But we got a grip of parties this week. And we've already started. And it's like we just came out of Thanksgiving, and we're already like, you know, turkeyed out and hammed out. But I'm ready for more turkey and more ham. And you better get ready for turkey too because we got a whole giant thing of turkeys back there. They're nice and cold and ready to take home. Amen? So make sure you take one. Uh, or say, I have one. But if you know a family, if you know a family that's not going to have a good meal this Christmas, take one for them. Amen? Um, it's, time, it's time of buying gifts, like we talked about. It's time of baking those favorite cookies. You know, by now, most of you know that I have tried to make some lifestyle changes in my eating habits. And I've been trying not to eat certain different things. But, you know, it's hard during this time. I'm just going to be honest. I have to admit, I had a chocolate no-bake. Well, I, I had one. The other night, they were your house, child, when you weren't even there. Your house was inhabited by the, by the cookie makers. And I knew they were there. And I was with your husband. And we're hanging out and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, lucky Pat, I already know Sister Barb's not going to bring me no chocolate, no bakes, because I'm not eating that kind of junk right now. I'm trying to, you know, keep it light for the flight, you know. And um, take, he- take off every he- heavy weight, the Bible says, you know. And so, so they're cooking there. They're cooking cookies and and all. And I know what they're cooking. They're cu- they're cooking chocolate no bakes. So I'm thinking, Pat, man, he's gonna get it all. He's gonna go home. They're gonna be on top of the refrigerator or something like that. He's gonna eat like four or five of them before Shell gets here. You know, he's gonna be happy. I ask him the, other, the next day. I go, Hey, how, how are the no bakes? He goes, There was none left. I never got one. I go, Come on, bro, don't lie, brother, don't lie. He goes, I, Pastor, they they didn't leave any for me. I go, Well, I they brought me some. He goes, they did? I go, yeah, they brought me a little plastic bag. I go, where's the chocolate no bakes? Did you bring any? And she goes, yeah, they're on top of the refrigerator. So I went over there. Oh, yes. I got up there like that. There was one in a plastic bag. It was good, man. But Pat didn't even get one, and they made him at your house. You could smell it. Where are they? I'm not going to say who got them, but. But, you know, you guys, I know some of you have your own. I know. There's a bizcochito, and there's all kinds of different things. And it's a time of preparing those kind of things, making nostalgic, sentimental things. Some of you make actually make. There was a lady out there. She goes, "Can I, can I, um, can I have the little cuttings of the, of the ends of the of the tree? We make." She says, "We make our own ornaments with these." I said, "Yeah, of course, take them." So everybody has their traditions. There's so much put into Christmas. All the lights, all the trees, all the decorations, all the cooking, all the wrapping, all the busyness. Let's don't forget to prepare our hearts for what Jesus brings us during this season. This announcement changed the world in Luke. It, it, it changed the whole world. For unto us a Savior is born in the city of David, Bethlehem. You know, we've been to Bethlehem before. We've actually been, there's a church that's been erected right over the place of his birth and several different denominations, you know, they, they inhabit that and they, and they all share that place. And so they all worship in that place, like half hour and a half hour. And so when the tours come and you go in there, you only got 28 minutes, it's 30 minutes, but you have a minute to get in, a minute to get out because then you have uh, the Greek Orthodox, you have the Arminians, you have Catholic, everybody goes in and, and the tours go in. And so you're in and out. And it's, a, it's the place where they say, where the main, where he was born at. And that's where they built the church over the top of it. 
And there in Bethlehem, you think of what was going on in that day. There was a lot of oppression. There was a lot of stuff. They were waiting for a Messiah. They had been waiting for the pro- prophecy of the Messiah to come. And, 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 he, and then the, the Bible says that, that there were shepherds in the field. And the angel of the Lord came and said. And then the Bible says there was these wise men. And they also were searching for the, for the, for the one who would come. And, and there was so much brooding up there and going. And then right there in Bethlehem. You know, you would think that, Je- that Jesus would have been born in a first-class suite in a not beautiful hospital there in Jerusalem someplace. He would have had the first-class doctors ready to go for everything because this was the king of kings. This was the, this was the savior of the world. This was the son of the living God. But no, in fact, there was no place for him. There was no room for him in the inn. There was no place. He couldn't find a place to be born. They wouldn't even give him. They finally said, we have a stable outside. You can go outside in the stable. You know what's in a stable. It stinks in the stable. I said, it stinks in the stable. Whew. And, and that's where they send him. Because that's what the world thought about him. But it still brought joy and forgiveness. It still brought a fresh start. And that's what it should do to us as well. See, Christmas is a time of celebration. It's a time to celebrate the birth of our Savior. Man, I love Christmas. For those of you who don't, humbug. Shame on you if you don't love Christmas. Come on, somebody. Say, wait a minute. Hold on, Pastor. Hold on. You're being mean. No, I'm not being mean. Let me tell you right now, there were some times we didn't have good Christmases. There were some times where there was a lot of pain in our Christmases. Some of you know you didn't grow up with a tree. I've been to houses before where people didn't have a tree. I, I'll never forget. I will never forget this. We, we do things different now, but I think we should try to go back to it once in a while. And maybe, we could, maybe some of you could do it instead of us doing it. But, but we, used to, we used to pick ten families, and we'd pick ten families, and we'd go to their house, people that would not have a Christmas. Now, what happened is it started getting a little bit funny. We started going to houses that had like seven TVs and, you know, three Christmas trees. And all that. I don't think these people are needing the, what we have. I think, they have a, I think they're just they have a too much is what I think. We were, we were trying to get people that just didn't have nothing. I'll never forget this. There was a house, of, a single mama who had lost her job, lost her husband, and they had this beautiful home, but there was no gas, no electricity in the house. Or the electricity was on, they were getting ready to turn it off, but there was no gas, and they had, a, they had a fireplace, and they had pallets, wood pallets, and they had them over, like, stuffed in the side, and they were breaking them apart, and that was their heat, for, that was their heat in the house. And I'll never forget the look on the teenage girl because the kids were like this. They were excited, but the other one was like embarrassed. And she was so embarrassed. And I'll never forget my wife and some of the other girls, some of the other ladies. I'm not sure if it was Michelle and who, Joanne. I'm not sure. But somebody went and just hugged her and said, listen, we love you. We got something for you. We, we, we gave her gift cards, like 100, 150 bucks. Go buy. She had no clothes on. You can see the clothes she hadn't been wearing for a long time. This family at one time had it, had it going on, and, and then something happened. And they lost everything, and they had nothing. And I thought to myself, I walked away from that place with a joy of being able to give to them, but I walked away from that place. And there's so many people that don't think Christmas is happy. It's not, like I said, I love Christmas, and, and those that don't, shame on you. But I, I didn't mean it in that way because there's a lot of people that don't have good Christmas. There's a lot of people that don't, that really don't think Christmas is good because if Christmas was good, then why is all this happening to us? And why are we like this? And why has all this happened to us? And why did that happen? And why did it have to happen like that? And so there's a lot of people like that, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's why we share Christmas with people so that we can show them that one day you will have a good Christmas again, and that Christmas will not be about trees. It will not be about toys. It will not be about 
about cologne or, or gifts or shoes or clothing. It will not be about those things. Those things will be a give me. What it'll be about is that the love of a Savior came and invaded a family like that and get invited with their love and their acceptance and their heart. And that's what Christmas is about. That's what real Christmas is about. I'm going to minister on Wednesday. I'm going to, I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring some message. I think you need to hear if you come. It'll be powerful. Amen. Make sure you come. But I think Christmas brings families together. You know, you have office parties and family parties and church family. Uh, you guys have life group parties at your life groups. You have, you have all kinds of things going on. And it seems like people seem to get their, let their guards down during Christmas time. It seems like it's during that time that people, that's, that's the time when your guard is down. And it's a time where people begin to engage and to say, you know what, I'm going to let bygones be bygones. And I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to go ahead and just move forward a little bit. I'm not going to hold on to that anymore. It seems like all the festivities are so awesome. And it kind of makes you forget about the pain that you went through or the things you had with each other. You, say, you know what? And you hug each other and sister of sister and brother with brother or brother with sister. And, and instead of not talking all year long, all of a sudden Christmas comes and everything changes. Be surprised with some eggnog and some turkey and maybe some, maybe a, maybe a, some music, some, you know, Little little Christmas music in the background. All of a sudden, before you know it, brothers and sisters are talking again, and they say, "Why do why, why do we even argue? I don't know. Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't remember." All of a sudden, there's something that happens. Something ignites, and it's all about a little baby Savior, Jesus Christ, that came that we celebrate. But he's not a baby no more. He grew up. Amen. It's about salvation, our family, our friendships. It's about being grateful for our jobs and our homes and our blessings, for our health. It's a time of fresh starts for families. It's time fresh starts for individuals. It's, a, it's, it's like God knows how to fix things better than we do. So we just, we just get together and we just engage in faith. And look what he does. It's like God knows how to turn things around when we can't turn it around. There's nothing greater than his love and there's nothing greater than familia. There's family. When families get together and share the love of Christ and we say, you know, we have one thing in common. Yeah, we don't agree on everything, but we agree on one thing, that if it wasn't for God, none of us would be blessed. We give so much during Christmas. Let's give the greatest gift we can give. Let's give forgiveness to people. Let's give to love to people. Let's fill up those boxes with, so those kids are going to come from the hood right here. I'm telling you right now, we've seen firsthand. Let's make sure. And don't forget the socks, too. Make sure you bring some socks. Some of them kids ain't got no socks. It's also a time to realize that our God loves us so much that he's willing to die for us. I think I've said that about three or four times today, but I can't. I can't but reiterate it over and over. Why? Because Christmas is where love starts. That's where it starts. It doesn't start on Valentine's Day. It doesn't start when you get married. It doesn't start when you, when you, have, when you, find, when you fall in love. It starts with Jesus. And then all those other things are filled with his love. And that takes big faith, man. It takes big faith to believe that. A lot of people say, ask questions, well, if Jesus is real, how come this happens? And we, you, I really don't have all the answers for that. I had somebody ask me the other day, well, if, if God is, loves us so much, why does these bad things happen? And we just begin to try to explain, say that the world is corrupt. This flesh, this carnality of humanity is, is corrupt. And, 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 and we're, man, a sinful, a sinful nature of, you know, of carnality and flesh. And, and people do some crazy stuff, man. And, and we just have to believe and, and, and trust that if they ask for forgiveness, that God's there to forgive. Because that's what he did for me, I say. 
and I was corrupt, and I was evil, and God came and forgave me, and that's where love starts. The true meaning, the meaning of Christmas has a lot more to do with with who he is than, 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 than what is around you, who Jesus is. And, and, and on Wednesday, I'm going to speak a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move into the area of the miracle. I'm going to start it today, and I'm going to finish it. So I want you to take your Bibles with me to chapter, Luke chapter 1. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to start it, and then I'm going to finish the rest of it on Wednesday. So you, I hope you'll come back. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Catch up to me, would you? Luke 1, 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when when she saw him, she was troubled at, at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30 reads, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Huh? Nothing like having favor the favor of God. Verse 31 says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Now, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. In other words, he'll be of the lineage of David. And he will reign, in verse 33, says, He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I don't know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will fall upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore also that Holy One is to be, the, uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36 reads, Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and will, will conceive a son in her old age, and this now, the sixth month for her, who is called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said this, and I want you to catch this. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel of the Lord departed from her. Now, it didn't matter if she could understand it or not. It didn't matter whether or not she uh, had all the building blocks together and she had the schematic of how it was going to happen and she had a plan. And she, she, she didn't, It didn't matter. She just says, let it be so. If that's what God says, then let it be so. She believed that God would do what he said he would do. You want to know what Christmas is about? Christmas is about believing that what God says he's going to do, he do. Because he's already proved it all these past 2,000 years. When he sent a Savior, he didn't send him just to send him. He sent him with a purpose. He sent him to redeem us from our sinful nature, from our lives of sin. He came to set us free and to put our feet upon a rock. Listen, she believed and it, and, and, and he, the Bible says that he had found, she had found favor in the eyes of God and when she, when she heard the word, she said, okay. See, we get great insight to Mary's heart and to the character of her response in this revelation, that she didn't say, well, how is that going to happen? There, I, she, she mentions the question about, hey, how's, how can this happen? See, I'm not married. I've never been with a man before, so how in the world is it going to happen? But nevertheless, whatever you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe it. 
Huh? Think about what Luke, Luke the, the physician Luke of all people, the physician Luke, being a physician, knowing the anatomy of the body in such a way that he did, he's, he begins his gospel record with the story of two conception miracles. Elizabeth, who's barren, and maybe some, some theologians say she might have been into her 80s, but most say between the 50s and 60s. She was already way past the childbearing days. She's been barren all her life, could not have a child, and then boom, he comes. There's two conception miracles happening. There's John, John the Baptist is coming first because he came, he preceded, again, prophetic, he preceded the coming of the, the Savior, and then there's Mary. The, the, the immaculate, what they call that, that virgin birth. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle in the womb of these two women. And, and, and her uncle, Zacharias, he, he doubted it, man. He's like, there's no way. But yet, look at, look at, look at this little girl, this young gang girl, this young teenager says, okay, Lord, whatever you want. See, the second narrative is about this little, this little virgin girl, 13 years old or so, 14 years old, who became pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and God put a miracle inside of her womb. So you've got two pregnant women, two miracle mothers. One is old, married for many years, childless and barren. The other is young, having been married, uh, have never, having never been married, never been with a man, yet a virgin, and yet still oh, the Spirit of the Lord is fallen upon her, and, and, then, and they both have been chosen by God. They both are human instruments for the birth of two very, very powerful miracles. John the Baptist, the greatest prophet who ever lived, and Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. These two conception miracles, these two miracles in the womb of these two women, they launched all of love, man. I'm going to tell you something right now. Love starts in that womb. Love starts right there. From that moment on, man, love had felt the impact of God's love. He, he, he started off by a miracle, and that miracle made way for other miracles. Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you something right now. There's a miracle inside of you. Why? Because he had performed that miracle so that you can have a miracle. The whole miraculous coming of Christ begins with these two conception miracles. The coming of Christ, and now the second coming it's coming soon you know he's coming back soon see mary had a miracle in her womb and i feel that some of you here today in fact every one of you you've got a miracle inside of you all you've got to do is believe all you got to do is unleash it all you got to do is trust god and say the word of god says and if it says it declares it then i declare it as well and and, and you gotta really gotta realize the faith of this young gang girl she had a faith man my God, to, to believe, that's big faith. You know, you, you read a lot of characters in the Bible that had great faith. But Mary, this first, she was the first gang girl. God's anointed now generation girl. She was 13 years old. God says, if you can use, there was a song played at the altar call. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use. And she says, she's singing that at the altar call. A lot of our kids are getting ready to go. Young people are getting ready to go up to a winter retreat. And, and a winter retreat, they're going to they have altar calls. And some of those young ones are going to say yes to God. And God's going to use them. They're going to grow through high school and have, they're going to have a Bible studies at school. And then they're going to go to the UTC. And I'm telling you right now, this young, she set a precedent. She set the example. She was the, the now generation of that time. 
And her faith took her beyond the natural limits, uh, beyond the limitations. It, it, it took her into a place where she had never been before. It, she elevated. She rose up to the occasion. Come on, somebody. Her faith took her to that place. See, what is it that has stopped you from believing God for that miracle that you used to believe for, used to pray for? What is it that, that you haven't seen answered yet? And so you've already given up. You stopped praying for it. What situation seems so impossible that you've just decided not to pray for it anymore? See, nothing could have seemed more impossible than Gabriel's message to this young Mary. But Mary simply believed God. She submitted to his will. And the baby was already growing in her womb. You see, Mary had a miracle inside of her womb. And you've got a miracle inside of you. Listen, uh, I want you to know by definition, miracles are beyond human explanation. They're hard to understand and even harder to believe. But after 2,000 years of God's miracle working power. Listen, if you don't believe the miracle working power, ask my wife how horrible my life was and how much it changed after I accepted Jesus Christ. That in itself is a miracle. Listen, I want you to know some, some of you have received miracles after miracle after miracle. You have received them, but you've forgotten. Evidently, evidently, Joseph had a hard time believing. We'll get into that a little bit more on Wednesday night. Huh? Joseph didn't understand it at first. The angel of the Lord had to come and appear to him as well. He was about to, he, was, he intended on giving her a private divorce. He, he, he assumed that she'd been unfaithful to him. It wasn't until the, until the angel of the Lord informed him in the dream that he could, could accept the truth and he came and he, everything changed. Because when the Lord speaks to you, everything changes. Huh? There's something that God has placed inside of you. He wants to use to impact your family, your community, to the world. Today, we declare the same thing for you. Huh? I'll tell you this little story, and then we're going to do something explosive. It's a story I've, I've, I've told before, but i got to say it. I, I, I love saying it at Christmas. It's a story of this little guy. I, I call him Johnny. Johnny is always in trouble. He's coming up to Christmas, and Johnny asks his mom, hey, can I get the new Xbox, please, and some games? So she told him, you know, the best idea for you is to write Santa Claus, because I can't get you one. So Johnny, having, you know, played a vital role in the school nativity play, said he would rather write to baby Jesus, because he felt like he could get something better from baby Jesus. I heard the other day on, on one of the news channels, they were asking the kids about what Christmas meant to them. And they said, it's about getting things, getting stuff from God. So Johnny went to his room and wrote, Dear Jesus, I have been a very good boy and would like to have a Xbox, the newest one, with games. But he wasn't happy when he read it over again. He read it over again and goes, oh, so it's not quite the way I should do it. So he decided to try another one. And he wrote, Dear Jesus, I'm, I'm a good boy most of the time. And I would really like an Xbox. Forget the games. Just the Xbox. So he read it back, and he still wasn't happy with that one either. So he tried a third version. He says, Dear Jesus, I could be a good boy if I tried, if I tried really hard and if I had that new Xbox. So he read that one, and he says, man, I'm not satisfied. I'm in trouble. So he decided to go out for a walk while he thought, you know, a little bit, play around a little bit for a better approach. And after a short time, he passed by his neighbor's house, and, and, and they had a little, you know, a little, little area right there. And he, it was a little statue underneath this little deal, a statue of the Virgin Mary. 
in the front garden. So he just kind of crept over there and stuffed the statue under his coat and hurried home, hid it under the bed. Then he wrote a new letter and he said this, Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mama again, you'd better see me. You better send me that Xbox, man. You know? And, and, and again, I love this story. You've heard it before, but it's kind of the way we are. It's way we negotiate with God, don't we? Like that. Mary had a miracle in her womb. That's what she had. She had a miracle in her womb. And you've got a miracle inside of you. You do, man. You've got a miracle inside of you. All you got to do is unleash it. All you got to do is unleash that miracle. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? If you are, I want you to lift your hand. You realize what's inside of you. Mary understood what was inside of her. Listen. Mary, did you not know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will someday save our sons and daughters? Did you know you're to come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver. Mary, did you know your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know your baby Will calm a storm with his hand. Did you know your baby boy has walked rangers You kiss your little baby. You kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know?
stand to your feet with me this morning. Mary was obedient to God, but I don't think she realized everything that would happen. I think that if you'll answer the call of God, you'll see and realize that God wants to do a miracle through you. See, Christmas is about Jesus being conceived in you. It's about Jesus growing in you and you delivering Jesus to the world around you. And on Wednesday, I'm going to speak about how God has also chosen us to carry his miracle to the hurting world that we live in. And we're going to talk about five things that that the Lord saw in Mary and what he sees in us. How God sees in us certain things that we don't see. God sees them. It's Jesus is, Jesus sees in you that you cannot see. See, the true meaning of Christmas is that love starts right there. That's where love starts from. It's the greatest love, the greatest gift we can ever get is the love of our Savior. Would you bow your heads with me all over this place? I, I, I suspect that there might be one or two of you here this morning that have been running from God or fighting fighting with yourself. Because I know I fought with myself for years and years. I wrestled with the Lord. I wrestled myself with my faith. I'm just so grateful that when I was ready that God didn't turn me away, that he embraced me, that he opened up my arms. And that's what he does here today. There may be somebody in this house today that says, Christmas, Christmas, I want to accept the greatest gift, and that greatest gift is the gift of salvation. You see, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, his only begotten son, so that those of you who might be, have drifted from God, maybe you know God, but you've drifted, or maybe you, you've never really, never really had an encounter with Christ. Whatever your situation is, God wants to give you his gift today. He wants to freely give you a gift that not only restores you and not only heals you, but he starts you on the journey. Because this is where true love starts. It starts at the stable and the cradle, but you can't separate the cradle from the cross. Because when in the cradle where he was born in that stable led him to the cross up the road at that place called Calvary where he shed his blood for you and I, for the remission of our sins, for the forgiveness and love of our sins, not to condemn the world, but to convict it to love us. Because for God so loved the world. That's where true love starts. If you're here this morning and you say, God, I don't know, I don't know God like I'd like to know. I, I want to, I, I feel the presence of the Lord all over me right now. I, I, can't, I, I can't explain what's coming over me right now, but my heart is shaking. That's the Holy Spirit. My mind is, I can't, I, can't, I can't grip myself right now. I don't feel like I'm in control. That's right. You're not in control. God's in control. And he just wants your heart. That's all. He doesn't want nothing else from you. He just wants your heart. He doesn't want a portion of you. He doesn't want just a part of you. He wants all of your heart, every part of your heart. When you give him your heart, he moves. He does miracles. He births the miracle inside of you. It conceives and you're able to give to the rest of the world, your family, which you could never give them without him. 
If that's you here today, you say, I don't know the Lord as my Lord and Savior. I don't know him like you're describing him, but I want to know him. How do I do that, Pastor? Let me tell you how you do that. You let me lead you in a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer, but it's a powerful prayer. And it's not the words that we pray. It's not how we pray them. It's that we believe what we pray that saves you. And then secondly, if you're here and you say, I know the Lord. I've done that before. But things didn't work out for me. And I've been running. And I've been, I've been having a rough time. And I, could, I can't explain how I got so far away. But I'm back. And I want to I I rededicate my life. Pastor, lead me there, please. If that's you here today, right there where you're at, I want you just to lift your hand real quick. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. As the music's playing, just lift your hand real high. Lift it up so I can see it. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand right there. I see your hand. God bless you. I see it. I see it right there. I see it. You can put it down. Anybody else? You can put your hand down. I see it. Anyone else? Says, Man, I'm, I'm the one you're talking with, Pastor. I, I'm connecting with you right now. I, I, anybody else? Real quickly, just lift your hand. Don't hesitate. Don't, don't miss the moment. This is your moment right here. This is the moment God set apart just for you. So anybody else? Says, Pastor, would you pray with me? I need Christ. God bless you. I see your hand right there in the middle. You can just put it down. Anybody else? Praise I'm just going to do one more thing real quick. If you lifted your hand, if you lift, I want you to lift it again right now. Come on, real quick. Lift it up. Come on, lift your hand. Lift it up real quick. Come on, hi. Let me see it. There's a bunch of them. Now I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. I'm going to step out of your seat right now. Come on. If you lifted your hand, step out to the aisle. And I want you to come and meet me right here. Come on, quickly. Don't hesitate. Jesus always called people publicly. He never hid it. I want you to come. Come on, if you lifted your hand. Give my a hand, church. Come on. Come, 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 come. Just come. Come quickly, come quickly. If you lifted your hand and said, I need Christ, I need Jesus. Come on, this takes a lot of guts to do this. I'm going to challenge you to come too. Don't, don't hesitate. This is your day. You receive Jesus. Receive him today. He loves you, man. He has a, he has a plan and a purpose for you. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment. I'm going to ask everybody to hold off on prayer. I'm going to pray in just a moment with everybody. I'm going to make one more altar call. Come, come closer with me. Don't, don't, come closer to me, would you? Come as close as you can. And, and I'm going to make one more altar call. You say, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm a believer. I know the Lord, but I've been struggling a little bit. I got some struggles in my life. There's some stuff. I've got some questions with God. And I've having a little rough time. I don't need to get saved. I've already saved, but I'm having some trouble with my faith, or possibly I'm just struggling in a little area. Then this altar call is going to be for you as well. And for some of you here today, you say, you know what? I forgot the meaning of Christmas. And I just want to ask God to forgive me. I just want to, I want to get back on track about what Christmas means to me. I want to, you know, I want to be able to give away what Christmas is inside of me. I want to give it away to God. Not just toys, not just ties, not just, not just gifts, but I want to give away that love because that's where true love starts. As they sing this song, I'm going to invite you to come. Find a place at this altar and just get a hold of God. And we're going to pray for you in just a moment. Just wait right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Come on. From all over this place, I'm going to invite you to come. I want you to find a place right here at this altar and say, Lord. Lord, I 
to change your perspective about Christmas. He wants you to know that He loves you with an everlasting love. No matter where you've been, what you've done, He loves you. He loves you. He loves you with everything, everything in Him. He loved you so much that He was willing to die for you. He was willing to humble Himself and be born in a little cradle. But that cradle made a way for the cross to die for our sins. And He loves you this morning. He cares about you this morning. He believes in you this morning. There's a miracle inside of you. There's a miracle inside of you. I got this Just receive it. I'm not what you're talking to. He's your provider this morning. That's who He is. Prince of Peace, peace. and I worship you because of who you are. He's your provider this morning. He'll provide everything you need this morning. That's who He is, Jehovah Jireh, your provider. He's Jehovah Nisi. what I want to do right now. With that first group that came, all those counselors that are praying, hold on for a little bit. The first group that came, I want, I want to pray with you. And I, I remember my day. I remember my day. I remember when I gave my life to the Lord. I'll never forget it. It was a glorious day. It was on a Thanksgiving morning, man. I was addicted. I was messed up. Man, I, I, had some, I had some issues, man. I was mean. I was jealous person. I was just a selfish man. I, I was so messed up, man. I, I can't even explain how messed up I was. You have to ask my wife. She, she can write a book on how bad things were for us. And everything changed that day, man. I met that little, I met that Savior on Thanksgiving morning and all of a sudden, like, wow. My whole life changed. I, my perspective on life changed, man. I couldn't believe that God was willing to forgive me. But he did. He changed everything for my family. It changed our future. I was for sure headed for early death or prison or for sure, for sure, for sure. And I'm not saying you are. Maybe some of you, you great job and you're doing really good. You just got a few adjustments to make, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're at. If it's a little bit or a lot, we all need a savior. We all need Jesus. I needed him. You need him. So let me lead you to prayer. Let's, let's give him our lives. There was a first group that raised up about maybe 10, 12 hands that said, went up and said, and walked down here. You came down to the front. I'm going to tell you, that, you know what that says about you, that you really, really mean business. So come on with your eyes closed. Say, repeat with me and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today in need of a Savior, in need of forgiveness. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And I believe I'm forgiven because I've asked you for forgiveness. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. 
and shedding your blood. I believe that you're the Son of God, that you died on that cross, that you rose from the dead, and that you're coming back again. And I'll be ready because of my decision right here today on December 15th. Come on, December 15th, 2019. I'll never forget this day, ever, ever. In Jesus' name I pray. Let, let, me pray for, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every man, every woman, every young person that today they have given their lives to you, Lord God. I'll never forget the way I felt on that day 32 years ago, and I hope they'll never forget what you have done in their lives today, that their slate is clean, that their heart is pure, that they've been washed, their sins have been washed away, and the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Lord has fallen upon them. And I pray now that you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that the anointing of God come upon them, and that from this day forward, they will have a hunger to, for your word, a hunger to read the Word of God, a hunger for church, a hunger, my God, to share Christ with other people, a hunger, my God, inside of them, a desire, my God, to let you do all that you want to do and that they would follow everything that you say to do in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen and amen. Wow. This is what I want to do. There's some leaders here, some ministers, and some people I'm going to ask them to come. Before you leave, we're going to talk to you, but I want to pray for everybody else too, okay? I'm not going to leave you hanging. But those who gave your life to Jesus, they're going to come to you and speak to you a little bit, get some information from you, find out how we can connect with each other, all right? But let's pray. Everybody else, let's pray together for them. Father, I know that there are many at this altar, many in our service today, that have actually, I got, they've given their life to you. They've been serving you, but there's been some situations some circumstances. God, I pray that the anointing of God would come and it would just begin to fill, their, fill them with joy. Let them begin to remember what Christmas is all about. It's about where love starts. It's about where you, you came and you gave us the greatest gift you could ever give us. Let them never forget that. Let them get the perspective that you are real and that you can. And no matter what they're going through, my God, you are able, my God, to turn it around. My God, let them believe again. Let them start over again. And I pray that, Father, from this day forward, my God, that there would be breakthrough, victory, my God, like we were singing about, and the Spirit of the Lord would lead and guide your people in Jesus' name. And everyone say, amen. So everybody say, next Sunday, we are, we are going to show the most powerful production of Scrooge that you have ever seen. Now, it's not your regular Scrooge. This is Scrooge from the hood. I mean, Scrooge from like Albuquerque style. So you want to make sure that you get here, invite a friend, come early. We're going to put more chairs out, and uh, it's going to be powerful. You don't want to miss out. Also, I want to make a special invitation to come this Wednesday night. Come this Wednesday. I'm going to finish this message. Five things that God saw in Mary that he sees in you as well. Amen. Mary, did you know? Did you love that song? Let's come back on Wednesday. Listen, we got turkeys for you out there, free turkeys. And also, if you don't have a Christmas tree, make sure you get one of our Christmas trees today. God bless you. We love you.